Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. You know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it, everyone. It's time for a lot of education. Yes. With me, Katie Petrick and Mr. David Fiorazzo. <laughs> now, before we get started today, have you seen our brand new series, A Brief History of American Political Parties? I hope you have. The first episode, hosted by Dr. Jake Jacobs, debuted last night, and it covered the birth of the Democrat Party. Now, tomorrow, we are going to be releasing a part due, which focuses on the early Republican Party. That happens at 7 p.m. Central tomorrow. So make sure you do download our Freedom Project app to watch all four parts. Yes. Yes, I agree. Now, <laughs> as for us here at Educated, we're going to be talking today about some parents in New Jersey who were stunned after a school lawyer actually tells the parents that, you know what, you have no rights when it comes to what you know your children, you, your children, are being taught in, I guess, our, the classrooms. David, what is happening? New Jersey. What comes out of New Jersey, ladies and gentlemen? Parents attending the Lawrence Township Board of Education meeting on October 19 expressed concern over controversial lessons and books with gender questioning themes. So the headline is parents cannot dictate what their children are taught. School board's lawyer says parents are outraged over district's transgender policy, but they can choose, choose to have your child attend elsewhere if you're upset at this transgender policy. Wow. Well, Katie, oh. let me get your take on the headline, just the first part, because since when is it news that parents cannot dictate what their children are taught? Is this a headline or, or has this been the last 40 years or whatever? But, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, why, why do we even have a, a news story? This yeah. is just <laughs> everyday activity. Yeah. Like things happen on a normal day-to-day -day basis. Anytime though we put that they cannot dictate that's when the, that's the buzzword that really gets both sides riled oh, dictate. up. Dictate. You cannot dictate what is happening now. What about input? Input. Yeah. yeah th you know, be concerned about, care about. It's, it's basically parents cannot care about what their children are. <laughs> parents to be stay out of it. Taught. Get out of here. <laughs> but I, you know, and I guess this is one of those. Ever since coronavirus, this has been the wake-up call that parents have needed. Yes. Uh, to pay attention to actually what's not being taught to your children. Again, as we learned on the Monday episode, if you haven't checked out the Monday episode of Educated, please yeah. do so. We talked about the NAEP scores uh, and how basically our children cannot read and they cannot do math. So check out that episode if, if you missed it. But this is exactly where parents need to have some input yep. and dictate, if you will, uh, to work together with the actual schools so that I don't know, all the adults in the room can yeah. can come to a consensus of some sort. And please act like adults. And for, act like adults, yeah. Now, let's get, let's get into the nitty-gritty here. One of the books that concerned Paris, parents criticized the, the school district was called Jacob's New Dress. Mm -hmm. So this is a picture book for kindergartners. It tells a story of a young boy who enjoys playing dress-up and wants to wear a dress to school. What could go wrong? Well, these are children who don't know how to process these things. So parents confronted the district about encouraging fourth grade students to question their gender with a lesson on the gender 
snow person. Now I've heard of the ge- the gender gingerbread person or whatever, oh, yeah. but the snow person. Oh, that, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. students are asked to participate in a game where they can pretend to be any gender they choose. They are encouraged. So a woman named Anna Samuel spoke during the board meeting. Uh, she said the district's lesson strongly encourages children to question their gender and moves them toward the slippery slope of transgender treatment plans. Katie? Well, and and that's the thing is the reason all these parents kind of spoke out too. uh, the transgender policy for the school district is policy 5756. And it states that the district shall accept a student's asserted gender identity and that parental consent is not required. Again, as we always say, these are children. Okay, children should not be given that responsibility of what the parental consent being not required because if it involves a a child for anything with other adults, parental consent is always required. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm just I know I've been out of school for a long time, but just this language, parental consent not required. We have a clip of the lawyer talking for the district. Go. The right folks of parents is not to dictate what their children are taught. It is to determine where they attend. In public schools, we have curriculum that is aligned with New Jersey State Learning Standards. Again, it's here. But please know if your students attend, if your students attend these awesome schools, they're going to be instructed in this curriculum, which is consistent with state learning standards. That's not binding. If you choose to have your children attend elsewhere, that's your right. Awesome the schools. Smugness. Oh, Katie. Smu- I left. I left my galoshes at home. Get that uh, it's, smugness it's getting deep. off me. It's getting. It's getting really deep getting in deep here. And me without my boots. Oh no. So oh, no. A- according to the policy, oh my goodness. And by the way, you can parents can decide where you want your kids going. You have no say in what goes on or what what you can dictate. Um, according to the policy, a staff member must refer to a child by the child's preferred names and pronouns, but they are not required to notify a student's parent of the, or, the, or notify a student's parent of the student's gender identity or their expression. So parents don't need to know. Again, Katie, this, this itself is one of the most concerning things that we've seen exposed over the last several years. And then along with this, what needs to be happened, if he keeps claiming it, it, you know, it's your right that you can send the kids elsewhere, then let the money follow the kid. Let the money that is supposed to go to that public school then, because your kid lives in the district, let that money follow the kid so the kid can, apparently the kid is allowed to choose everything else, gender, whatnot. How about the kid gets to choose where he or she goes to school and with how much money? Since we're not being adults here, we're just having the, the children decide everything. I, I think that may be a good option then. Wow. All right, there's so much more we could say about that, but we probably will on another show because this is happening all the time. But still to come, one of the oldest colleges in the U.S. votes to subsidize the Plan B pill, making it cheaper and more convenient to end possible pregnancies after sex. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, 
battles of America and heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Well, you know, hey, we don't want consequences for pretty much anything. So if you don't want to have consequences after having sex, you know, things could happen. Well, just attend the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. You know, it's only the second oldest univer- or university yeah, in, uh, in all of the U.S. of A. And uh, their student assembly just voted to subsidize the cost of Plan B. Now, the Plan B pill, if you will something that the ladies may take after they uh, decided to have sex, maybe not use any other form of protection, and then they're like, I'm good to go. I don't have to worry about the consequences. Just take a little pill afterwards. Uh, Anyway, the Subsidizing Sexual Health Resources Act is going to provide 75 free pregnancy tests and subsidize 200 doses of Plan B. It's going to lower the cost of each dose from $20 to just five buckaroos. Just a fiver, you know. Uh, and class president Mia Tillman sponsored the bill, which will allocate a total of up to $3,375 from the student assembly services. Oh, great. So, you know, you go to the College of William & Mary, you're there to get an education, but also for a quick fiver, you can just get a Plan B pill. It's all good. Everything, everything's fine. So these have to be Democrats because they come up with some of the most interesting names for their acts or their bills. And this one, and by the way, students are passing this, right? So the students are leading the way. Subsidizing Sexual Health Resources Act. So Sexual Health Resources Act. That's right. What does it do? What does the pill actually do? Uh, we don't need to get into the details on that. But, but, but this is... And I know this is not the only college, right? Because we've heard stories from across the country, different places. So this is our culture today. The young people today in their 20s, they get to school. They just had sexual, hyper-sexualized education throughout their high school years from Planned Parenthood and others that were putting the sex ed curriculum in their high schools. Now they're in college. We shouldn't be surprised that they do this, Right. But we should be concerned that they are looking at this as it's just completely wrong. Well, yeah, and, and you kind of said it. Well, the president, the one who, who sponsored this, Mia Tillman, uh, she has worked for Democrat Senator Mark <laughs> Warner, and apparently she is passionate about policymaking and activism and how it can impact economic inequality in the United States as a means to seeking racial injustice and equity. What does that do well, to then. Plan B? Wait a minute, wait a minute. The, what, what were those words again? Uh, Let's see, racial injustice, equity, yes. and economic inequality. We're talking Buzzwords. about... got them all. Yeah, we're talking about abortion, really, the Plan B pill, which it doesn't just remove a pregnancy, but uh, if, some, if, if a human life was conceived, it does that too. Well, we have Skylar Culbertson, who's uh, part of the Tribe for Life, which in the title, you can kind of guess what their views are. They're a pro-life club on campus. And Skylar is the president and also attended the meeting and objected, good for her, to uh, the act's passing. Now, Culbertson said that every human is deserving of a right to life. And as a college, we should not be providing plan B to students, which can potentially take a human life. Now, uh, 
of course, Skyler was just poo-pooed on that whole thing because that student assembly, they have priorities, okay? And some of their priorities, in addition to the whole Plan B pill distribution being subsidized, uh, they also have the plan to tackle systemic racial injustice at WNM or William and Mary. Um, they also have some of the components in that program, including uh, a, a reparations committee. They want to have a reparations committee. It makes perfect sense, obviously. And a student, uh, student's rights initiative. And uh, that apparently is all about educating the students to have an expanded cultural, racial, LGBTQ+, and neurodiverse consciousness of rights issues oh what talk about a a, a word, word mash salad. Word, yeah, salad. word salad well thank god they didn't get into environmentalism i'm sure that's, that's that next. didn't make that didn't make the high priority list that's just under that that would have been next i guess yes now again this is the second oldest university in the us of a and uh, we know we have harvard and then we also have yale right behind that they're all gone by the wayside of what they were they're a shell of the universities they once were. So uh, when you're looking, maybe high school student or mom and dad, uh, where should little Johnny go to school? Completely ignore all of the universities that we basically, we talk about here on yeah. the show. And maybe that includes Baylor University or does it? Because when we come back, uh -oh. we have students at Baylor University, they were asked their thoughts on the emergence of cancel culture when it comes to removing statues. Stay with us. Do you love America? Are you a patriot who desires to preserve the freedoms we enjoy for generations to come? Then let's take action. Every few days we give our money to the big box stores. How we spend our dollars could be the most important vote. Do these stores promote freedom and American values? Is that where we should be buying our everyday household products for the rest of our lives? What if we just stop? What if we shopped with a family-owned manufacturer who believes in preserving our freedoms? That's why SwitchToAmerica.com was created. SwitchToAmerica.com gives patriots the ability to walk away from the big box stores forever. This is a movement that pledges allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. SwitchToAmerica.com. Take action if you love this country. Here is a great way to show it. SwitchToAmerica.com. Oh, it's another one of those campus reform. What are the students going to say? Well, this time we have Heike Marema, who has students at Baylor University all the way down there in Texas on their thoughts on the national trend in recent years of protesting to remove, you know, prominent statues because they're all of people who are a bunch of racist, sexist, bigoted, homophobe, something, something, insert whatever you white want to White colonial supremacy or something. Yeah, white supremacy, yeah. uh, colonialism, all of that. So she decided, hey... What do you think of it? The whole cancel culture thing. And uh, should we get rid of these statues? Take a look. In recent years, there have been protests around the country to remove certain statues. At one point, there was a protest here at Baylor University to remove the statue of Judge Baylor, co-founder and namesake of the university, in order to promote racial healing. And do you think this was a good idea? The thing is that uh, removing a statue wasn't going to promote racial healing. The statue is just that 
that a statue of I personally don't think it's a good idea. Although he did do some bad things, I think it's important to acknowledge it instead of hiding away from it. They didn't get the statue because they were slave holders. Anything, I think it's more of a reminder of where we came from and how much progress we've made. A supporter of the protest said that once they remove Judge Baylor off of campus, then they could start to remove the rest of the stuff on campus that make them feel uncomfortable. So should we remove statues based off of whether we feel uncomfortable or not? In America, like a lot of People can get offended over the smallest things. There's a lot of things in this world that make us uncomfortable. If we start like taking everything else that makes us uncomfortable, it could remove like important aspects. If we just start taking away things that make other people uncomfortable, what's going to be left? I think the Democrat Party makes me uncomfortable and the media <laughs> and the corp woke corporations and Planned Parenthood and university uh, professors. So they all make me uncomfortable, but I guess I'm not a student. But by the way, Katie, that gives me a little ray of hope, those, the, the answers that those kids just gave, because that, now that's a university. So yeah. now I'm wondering how many she actually interviewed. Hey, who knows? But more importantly, um, no one cares what you have to say, you self-identified white Christian male. Uh -oh, that's right. What are, what are the other things? Uh, white, white Christian, Christian male, heterosexual. Heterosexual, there yep. it is. I knew there was, I was missing one, so yep. no one wants That's your That's an important one. Uh, but this was Baylor University in Texas. So, like, you can at least, I guess, hope Sometimes. or suspect that some of the students, you could find some students who would be like, <laughs> if we, like, they, they still have the common sense, that if we take such great offense to everything, we, we have nothing left. By the way, I heard she was interviewing those students coming out of a Christian Bible study meeting. Oh, maybe so that was maybe, that. Maybe that. Yeah, so that's the fraction of students. Ah, I'm kidding. I see. What a skeptic I am you about are this. A little bit of a skeptic. Yeah. Well, I, I've but seen you, you so had that many. Ray of, you had that ray of hope. I've seen so Madonna many Madonna style ray of hope. Is it Madonna? Men on the street interviews at college campuses, and oh my goodness, when they're even asked stuff in the graduation caps, just out of and they can't answer the simplest thing. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful in this case. They're saying, no, removing our history. You know, we need to learn from it. If it's bad, if it's good, keep it. You know, so I'm thankful for. Yeah, that. and I will say that one of the key distinctions in this video versus maybe some of the other ones is when the main question is asked. It's not just, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't. And then they leave it at that. These students all <laughs> had something going on up top. So they were able to say, <laughs> no, leave the statues alone because. And then they were able to insert, well, I mean, you could get offended by anything. And if you get offended by pretty much everything, nothing will be left. No, the reason their statues were put there in the first place yeah. is not for the bad stuff. We're not being like, hey, look at all the bad stuff this person did. We made a statue for them. It's for the good that they did. So we're trying to focus on the good. Or the other, the other ones were just like, hey, let's not be so sensitive. But one of the things to think about is the reason she was asking those questions is Baylor, the powers that be, said True. let's remove the statue. I, I don't even know what the Judge, Judge Baylor. Baylor did Judge Baylor, or stood yeah. for, but they want to remove his statue and then remove other ones that make students or people feel uncomfortable. Where would that end? Think this about it. is correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> But at least we're done with that because up next we have Before We Go and we're going to discuss a teenager who actually traveled 10 hours to take her driver's test simply because she heard, hey, it's going to be easier. But um, she was in for a little bit of a shock. And of course, it's that time of week. We have our Babylon Bee headlines. Stay tuned. We want to hear from you. 
If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us. All righty then, before we go, Katie, are you a person that likes a clean sink or do the dishes like they just sit around and wait until someone has time to actually wash them, clean oh, them? Oh, David, thank you for saying someone has time. Someone Not has that time. I am the one because I'm the female who would be the one to do that, but I think our producer is I would not uh, want to thinking that, that way. Now, uh... Yeah, I, I, every night I get the dishes get loaded in the dishwasher. Oh, good. Yep, so someone night. does them, mm -hmm. they get done. Anyway, one woman claims to have found the ultimate hack for keeping her kitchen clean, no dishes or utensils. So you see 28-year-old Rebecca Cubberly has gone viral for the simple act of wrapping her kitchen table in tinfoil, which her family then eats off of with their hands, Everything is a snack food. Rebecca says she usually spends at least 30 minutes cleaning up after, the, after a meal. This way, she can save three and a half hours a week by simply throwing away the tinfoil. Interesting, Rebecca also says, by making everything into finger foods, her young children are now far, far more likely to eat different items for meals. Katie, what do you think? Life hack? <laughs> <laughs> no where the environmentalists yell at her for this as well the tinfoil tinfoil hat maybe no 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 and no <laughs> okay Katie. let me ask you this did you pass your driving test on the first try you bet i did really i did yeah all right well How about one, you did yeah, you i don't remember that was much much longer ago than you had to take <laughs> yours but one yeah i did one young lady from across the pond seems to be struggling to get her license so she thought she would outsmart the system by traveling 500 miles to a testing center that claims to have a 90% pass rate. Constance Kampfer journeyed all the way to the Isle of Mill off the coast of Scotland to take her second driving test. It was a 10-hour trip. She developed a fear of roundabouts while driving and decided to take her test somewhere that had a lower chance of facing her fear. Sadly, it just wasn't Candace's time, as she ultimately failed the test yet again, this time for crossing over the center lane too many times. Katie, points for out-of-the-box thinking, I guess. Well, here's the deal, especially over in, in Europe, but even now in the U.S., the roundabouts are oh. everywhere now. Oh, roundabouts. And did on that 10 hour trip she could have just practiced and then just like why <laughs> yeah, i should think about that she should have gone five hours out five hours back and then she would have been home and take the test and pass 10 hours i think 10 hours of driving practice around roundabouts i think you would you nail would have it, after, it after an I hour or two but anyway let's wrap things up with everyone's favorite satire site the babylon bee here are this week's top five babylon bee headlines so we picked our favorite Babylon Bee headlines to see which one you think should be crowned queen of the hive. We start with CDC adds declining math English scores to list of COVID symptoms. 
Oh, gosh, that goes right along with our Monday show. Biden says something smells off about this Dylan chick. Next, after talking to trans TikTok star about womanhood, Biden invites Jimmy Kimmel to come talk about being black. Gosh. Next, in powerful call for nation to calm down, Biden falls asleep. And finally, while eating breakfast Thursday, Fetterman suddenly answers third debate question from Tuesday. Katie, she was trying to just hold it in during the just oh, so she wouldn't God. goof up the headlines that I goofed up anyway. But what's your top pick? Okay, because this is what I did for the Healthy Republic and had to watch that entire interview. Uh. Let's let's go to. Uh, Biden says something smells off about this Dylan chick. If you is don't that because know, he's a sniffer? Is it, that, it, it, it's yeah. the Biden is a sniffer, and this Dylan chick is no female. But uh, that ooh, see Babylon B, perfect. What oh, about you? There, there's good ones. Um, you know, I don't know. I, there were like three of them that were tied. I think for me, this. <laughs> I mean, it's really it's almost like that every week. Yeah. At least there weren't five that I. Two of them were, yeah, they're good. But yeah, anyway, so we've got to go. That's going to wrap it up for this segment. More to come next time, Katie. Well, that's going to do it for us today, I think, and uh, for all of you out there. Now, make sure you do smash that like button if you're watching us on social media. And please do send us your feedback and your top Babylon Bee picks by visiting stayeducated.org. Now, for David, for myself, for everybody around here, thank you for watching, listening, and supporting the show. And until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2022.